In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. It's uh, it's exciting times. There's lots going on, and um, no, it's it's coming to an end. Um, I think there's one big signing left on the card. So um, no, it's uh, less and less names out there. So I would guess by Sunday, we're more or less done. Okay, and um, mate, it's been a crazy week, mate. I, I don't know where the week's gone. It's Friday, and it just seemed to. Been non-stop social media, watching the uh, NFL Network. It's just been crazy. Yeah, it has uh, flown by. And just a key date today that people might have missed is um, in certain contracts, you get dates where things become guaranteed, other stuff moves. So the 15th of March is the first big date of the calendar year for the Browns. Um, the base salaries became guaranteed today for Betonio, Hubbard, Carey, Duke Johnson and Mitchell got one million extra guaranteed into his contract. So none of that is Payday. none of that's new money that comes into the contract. It just goes from it's guaranteed. So obviously, if you trade them, it doesn't matter because you can just trade that money to another team. So don't worry about that. Duke Johnson hasn't been moved yet. That doesn't really influence anything it just means that if you cut these guys you got to pay them all their uh, base salary because it's guaranteed so um all of them players i'd say are staying unless they get traded um which i don't think was much of a surprise they're they're not sort of cut candidates um but them details are from over the cap fantastic place to look if you're ever wondering about cap stuff jack just shout out the players again for us so betonio hubbard um, Carey and Duke Johnson and then Mitchell got one million extra in his contract guaranteed yeah Duke Johnson's a really interesting topping point topping talking point at the moment because I was thinking about this earlier let's take the emotions away about good players and let's just talk commercially for one second is if Dorsey was going to trade him he would get more value for him trading him as quickly as he possibly can within his contract yeah, oh, definitely. Um, it's just it's looking at the market. Obviously, there's rumours of three teams were interested in him. Um, whether that's true, who they are, and stuff like that, um, no one knows. And this one will um, find out. Yeah, Dorsey does have to balance the books. I know that was one of his negatives at uh, the Chiefs. So maybe uh, logically um, commercial decision not, not emotional and looking at the best players we possibly can but a commercial thing he may be pushing that trade at the moment yeah I, I think he's just moving players on Duke Johnson Manuel Ogba um, I'm now at the position where I'd probably be surprised if they're on the roster and they'll only be on the roster if they couldn't get anything good for them so um, no it's, it's one of them that I, I think they, um, they're both gone yeah, 
from an emotional side, I think it, it makes no sense. We've got the cap for this year. Let's just keep them and try and do everything we possibly can. Don't forget, there will be injuries. There'll be lots of injuries this season. Last year, we were looking at linebackers and going, how are we going to, um, what the starting three going to be? How are we going to keep all these three linebackers happy? A few games in, we've got two linebackers, you know, so um, always injuries you've got to think about. Yeah, no, without a doubt, um, these things happen, especially at the running back position. Um, but no, we'll have a, a bit more on that later when we do the positional um, deep dive on offense, which uh, is going to be fun to look at. Awesome. What's next on the agenda, buddy? So that is it. We're going to look through the offense, where we see the holes might be in the roster and sort of what the Browns can do to address it. Is it going to be a free agent move? Is it something we wait on in the draft? And that's sort of where we're looking. So um, we'll go through them. I'm going to start with... Um, uh, maybe actually before we start, let me give everyone a bit of a draft update, what we've actually positions uh, we've actually got in the draft. Go for so it. So we've got one second, one third, one fourth, Three fives, one six, one seven. So I can see us jumping up a few little spots for a few little cheeky trades during the uh, um, during the draft. And Jack, I've got a question for you: Are you going to gamble, and are you going to stay up all night to watch the draft on the first night, or are you going to think, "Nah, Dorsey's not trading up"? Um, it will depend if I can get the Friday office holiday. <laughs> so uh, if I can get the Friday office holiday, I will be staying up. Um, I might gamble on the third day though, um, because East Thurrock could be playing a game where if they lose, they get relegated. And if they win, they stay up. So um, I might go and watch a little bit of football on day three, but um, everything's up in the air at the moment. I'm going to be out in Barcelona. After the draft day one, I've got an eight o'clock flight to Barcelona where I'm going to be the best man. Uh, I've got to do a, a run a bachelor party for 20 drunk English guys. So I'm going to be trying reporting live with Jaeger bombs in Barcelona. And just to go through two more extra sign-ins the Browns made in the last uh, like 24, 48 hours. And these are depth signings. You've got guard Eric Cush that came from the Chicago Bears. Um, some stats from John Costco at PFF allowed just three hurries on 218 pass protection snaps with the Bears in 2018, um, just on how much he played. So he played 344 snaps on offense, 32%, um, 63 snaps on special teams, so 15%. Um, PFF had him rated as the 52nd guard last season, but um, solid depth signing, can play anywhere across the middle, even though he's listed as a guard, he's played snaps at centre. So you got him there. And the other one is Adrius Taylor. I think that's how it's pronounced, but you know, neither of us two are that great with names. Let's just go with Taylor. Um, he signed as well, a linebacker. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, he played 635 snaps on offense. That's 61%. And that was because he came in and filled in when Quan Alexander went down injured. Um, he played 204 snaps on special teams, which is 45%. Um, PFF have rated as the 91st rated linebacker last season. So in all honesty, probably not here to play linebacker snaps. He's very much a depth option, but got a very, very good reputation for special teams. So that seems to be the job which he's coming in to uh, fill. I believe he was the captain of special teams last year. 
I haven't seen that anywhere, but it's, it, it sounds more than likely. You're impressed with my knowledge, aren't you? And the other thing I want to say about Eric is he is totally embracing social media. He's like pictures of him as a Browns, putting loads of pictures up. Mate, loving his attitude, loving his uh, desire to play for the Browns. And you said that he was top 50 guard in the, in the NFL. That's quite interesting because if there's 32 teams and there's, each team's got two guards, you know, he is a uh, NFL guard, you know, and if we've got him as a backup, then that's amazing. No, it's, it's good news. Um, obviously, you get some injuries that are players that would rank higher than him, but didn't play enough snaps to get a, uh, a number ranking. So, um, no, he, he's a very, very solid player. He's coming I'm gonna... in to compete um, based on everything he said and what the team said. So, Corbett is, uh, he, although I'd be shocked if Corbett doesn't get the starting job, Corbett is no lock for that starting job. There will be a competition there. Um, so, keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, but I think that'll ruin the main feature of our show. So, let's go further on. Let's talk about the offence. So the offense, um, with this, I'm pairing, I'll give you a number. And the number is basically, I've looked at every team in the NFL for the last three years. And based on their week one roster and when rosters were cut down, how many of each position they have. Because that gives us a good idea of what we're likely to do as a team. So in terms of quarterbacks, the average team in the NFL has 2.5 quarterbacks on their roster. So we might go two, we might go three, but that's sort of the benchmark of what we're looking at. You've obviously got Baker. You've got Drew Stanton. Personally, for me, I think they need one more. I'm keen to find something day three in the draft, but it could be a quarterback like Fitzpatrick. What do you reckon, Paul? Um, We're quite heavy on our cap at the moment, Jack. So going into next year, we are going to be over on our cap. Uh, If we can get Fitzgerald in for this year on a one-year deal, I'm happy, I'm fine. But I personally would like to go with two quarterbacks, um, late round drafts, maybe one undrafted free agent, one, um, yeah, and one uh, late round draft because we need uh, four quarterbacks for um, the uh, training camp. Yeah, you'll always go into, I think every team has at least four quarterbacks going into a training camp to make the 90 and then it's just, do you stash one on the practice squad? No one, no one nicks him. Um, or do you put them on your roster? And I think it's just going to vary on, do they like the player or do they not? Because if they go through training camp and they don't really care about either of them, and, and if someone goes down injured, they're going to dip into free agency, um, then there's no point keeping them on your roster. So um, I think it'll all vary on talent. Can you see us taking a quarterback as early as round three or four? Um, I would say four is a possibility. If you've got someone that you... they Dorsey genuinely believes can be a starter in the NFL in the future. A pick in round four isn't that much. Third, too high. Maybe next year, a third could be used. I think it's slightly too early this year. But uh, if there's genuinely a player that Dorsey likes, don't be surprised if you see movement on um, the fourth round. Yeah, today the Browns have only got two quarterbacks in the building. So, yeah, we definitely will be looking to get one or two quarterbacks between now and September. So, next position is um, running back slash fullbacks. We're just going to talk about running backs at this point. Um, it's 4.4 on average. So, um, 
I think they've got to do something to address it because you've got Hunt that's probably going to be suspended somewhere between six to 12 games. Um, you've got Duke Johnson that's leaving the building. So you've got Chubb, you've got Hilliard, you've basically got two running backs. For me, I think they're adding one more. So um, who that's going to be is going to be interesting. Maybe they go for a free agent like Rod Smith, I think is a name that I would be happy enough with. But most likely, I think that's a day three pick waiting to happen. Mate, you keep, we keep mentioning, obviously, Duke Johnson leaving ILC went on the commercial side about it made sense. But there's still a good chance he's here all the next season. I would be shocked. The fact that Dorsey threw him under the bus in the Kareem Hunt press conference and basically said he's expendable, just not quite yet. Um, the fact that there's rumours everywhere that they've been shopping him around the NFL and asking what, what a team's interested in and that was everywhere at uh, the Combine. I would be shocked if they revert and don't trade him. And the only reason that will be is because people are only offering, say, a sixth or a seventh. I think if you get a fourth, fifth, the deal's getting done. Uh, it might even be a pick swap, which would be a shame because pick swaps aren't good. If you only say, say if we get a third um, and we give up Duke Johnson a fifth, that's a bad deal. I would rather get a fifth than do pick swaps like that because you get mugged off in value because you're having to give up picks. So um, don't do pick swaps. They're bad. Um, Evan Silver's done lots of work on this. Trade for a pick. It's crazy we're saying Duke Johnson and getting a six and a seven. He is around two, round three quality. It's, it's one of them. It is what it is. Um, I, I've said all along, I think he'll go to the Eagles um, and uh, I, I will maintain that. I think Harry Roseman is a clever, clever man. He will trade with us for a pick swap and Doug Peterson will finally use him right and then uh, fans will be blatantly annoyed and probably blaming Duke Johnson. Why didn't you do that here? Because he wasn't given the opportunity. Yeah. All right, excellent. Um, I think with the running... Yeah, go on, sorry. No, go on. Yeah, I think with the running back room... I can see us, yeah, making un undrafted free agent and another late round pick. Uh, you'll bring in an undrafted free agent probably for every position on the roster. Um, whether they've actually got a realistic chance of making the roster is another thing. Usually when we're talking about a roster of 90 to make the 53, you're talking about 65, maybe 70 players. Um, 20 of them players are there just as placeholders to maybe be, be a camp arm, be a body. Um, you're looking at a roster of 65 to 70 by the time you get into camp. 20 of them, 25 of them. They're not even... Dorsia doesn't even believe they're making the roster. Um, they're already basically cut. But you know, that's one of my favourite days of the year. Is the, uh, after the third day of the uh, draft then all the news about undrafted free agents. I spend their Googly and I go through everything about them, learn loads. Mate, I absolutely love it. I think Pete Smith's quite similar. I absolutely love learning about these uh, undrafted free agents. It's one to keep an eye on. So we'll jump to tight ends next. And the average is 3.4. Um, and I think we're going to see more of this now where you see that divide of fullbacks are actually tight ends. So... Um, Three, I think three tight ends and one fullback in this list is what we're looking at. We've obviously got three tight ends. If you look at um, Njoku, um, Harris and DeValve, so, yep. I, I think DeValve is going to be used as our fullback this year. It's a one-year deal. He's not going to be here 
next season. This is his final year with the Browns and he's going to be a free agent. I would be literally shocked um, if he's hanging around after this year. I think they're going to draft one. Um, and I think that the reason for this, we're not going to see a heavy investment there, is because we're planning to use 11 personnel a lot more next season. Um, it's a hard read to get any idea of what Freddie wants because we saw zero plays from a Freddie Kitchens playbook last year. He might have had eight games, but he's working on what he liked within the playbook of uh, Todd Haley. He's got an off-season to sit down with Todd Munkin and they're going to completely rewrite the playbook with what they like. They'll take the plays from last season that they liked, but I think you see a lot more of different plays with um, 11 personnel as a base. And I think it'll be a lot more like the Rams of going, we're just going to stick in 11 personnel and we're going to ram it down your throat. That might not be the way, but that would be where I believe they're going because there is just so much data in the NFL that that's a really good way to run your offense. Um, even though you can get the benefit of two tight ends, I think you're going to have sort of Njoku blocking one side to add assistance to the um, offensive tackle and to assist the other offensive tackle. You're potentially looking at a, a, the running back going in there and blocking or maybe a chip block from Landry before Landry runs away. Cheeky chip block. Cool. Uh, what is the room? Um... So I just finished that. It's drafting one tight end. A wide receiver room, the average is 5.7 in the NFL. Um, you've got four starter level wide receivers. You've got OBJ, Callaway, Higgins, Landry. Um, the interest- I love it when you say Landry. I love it. It just excites me when you get so excited, Jack, about saying the word Landry. The interesting thing you're going to have next year is there is a straight up fight this year. One to one, Higgins versus Landry. One of them will not make the roster next year because... Um, Higgins is up for an extension and Landry's on a lot of money so them two players is probably the battle to watch this season because one of them is not going to be on this team um, unless obviously Callaway has a uh, relapse and an issue and disappears from the NFL if OBJ has a serious injury again that might change but as of today if everyone remains healthy and everyone remains not banned then Higgins or Landry is the fight to watch this season to make the roster next year. Um, and then what we do with the other five and six positions, uh, you, I th- we're definitely going to draft a wide receiver. We might draft two. And then there'll be an open battle. You've got Ricardo Lewis, you've got Strong, you've got Ratley. There is a lot of names hanging around that are going to compete for that um, five and six spot. The biggest priority is going to be Dorsey's going to find one young player that he thinks can make it, whether that's Ratley, whether that's someone else. And the other one's going to be, who's the best on special teams? So um, if you're strong, if you're um, Ricardo Lewis, if you're um, uh, Derek Willies, it's all about proving you are the best player in camp on special teams. So that is just a special team spot. And uh, may the battle commence. Yeah, I can see us only taking one in the draft, to be honest, mate. And we've got four. Obviously, uh, undrafted free agents as well. And the three names that we've got, they're all strong. Uh, it's going to be a four-way battle, I think, with a one-drafted late-round wide receiver and then Lewis, Ratley and Wills. And I can see Ratley getting cut because I think Ratley was uh, Todd Haley's uh, man. So, Well, I have zero expectations for a um, sixth and seventh-round pick. I've said it before. Um, they come in, they battle, but if you cut them... 
it, it, it doesn't matter. They're there basically for the length of camp and it's up to them to prove they can make the team. So uh, I've got no... Um, some people get annoyed that you take a player in the uh, sixth round and get rid of them within a few um, weeks. doesn't bother me. Okay, cool. Um, offensive tackle, the average is 8.9. Um, so... What, 8? Oh, 8.9 on the O-line. Yeah, um, Jesus. I'm just going to look at offensive tackle because none of them are broken down into how many of each because you've got hybrid players, so the math just doesn't work. Um, the interesting thing to note is I was looking at his contract yesterday. Greg Robinson is a potential trade candidate for the Browns. So by the time we get to cutting the roster to 53, right at the start of September, he will have only received... Um, 750,000 in guarantees and weigh-in bonuses. So there is every possibility that we take an um, offensive tackle at 49 in the draft and if he beats Greg Robinson out in camp, which it wouldn't be a surprise because, what is he? Is he 63rd rated offensive tackle by PFF last year? That Greg Robinson is traded. So... That's just one to keep an eye on, guys. If we take a offensive tackle at um, 49, don't be surprised to see Greg Robinson traded. Someone will have their starting offensive tackle injured in camp, and that might be our moment to cash in. But we definitely need to add at least one. There's questions over if they view Desmond Harrison as someone that can develop and stay. He is already very old um, for a player that's only been in the league such a short amount of time. So they're 100% adding one in the um, draft. They might add two. If there's, if there's players James Campen likes, who's the new offensive line coach, they're going to grab them because we need to get cheaper there. We need to get better. And for me, you're going to have four on the roster. We've got three. We can add uh, two more. All right, cool. Uh, Centre? Um, so I've just done the whole interior O-line. You've obviously got, You've got four solid players. It's going to be interesting, the battle between Corbett and uh, Kush. I think they go Corbett. Um, there's no information come out on Kush yet. Um, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a one-year deal, but we will see. Um, Taylor, I haven't seen anything, but someone said it's a two-year deal, so that's one to keep an eye on. Um, but no, for me, Kush or Corbett is your perfect fourth interior O-lineman. They'll generally practice at centre because... If your guard goes down, it's easier to fill that in, whereas the link between the centre and the quarterback is so important um, in a game that if you lose your centre, you've got to have someone jumping in there that can do it straight away and have the chemistry of knowing what's going on. Um, so I reckon Kush is our backup centre. Um, and probably if a guard goes down, he jumps in there as well. But... Um, He's, for me, fourth interior alignment. We're going to take another one, I reckon, in the draft. So um, you need five interior alignment. Some teams will only carry eight on the O-line in total. I think it's much more likely to be nine. So you think we're going to take a draft pick as a tackle and as an inside alignment? Yeah, so I think um, we're talking about potentially five draft picks um, on the um, offense, a quarterback a running back, a tight end, one wide receiver, one offensive tackle, one O-lineman. So actually that's uh, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's five. So um, if there's one we're least likely to address in the draft, 
probably going to be quarterback for me um, and maybe running back because you can just pick up a basement free agent. Um, and I think the big divide will come with the running back in terms of what we do, with what happens with the Hunt suspension, because when that comes out, we might know it's a six-game suspension, right? Pick up a free agent because that player's getting cut after six weeks or them and Hilliard, one of them's gone. Um, if we find out it's going to be a 12-game, I think it's more likely that we draft someone because they're more or less going to be here for the whole season. All right, excellent, Jack. Well, look, mate, that's a great show. We've uh, gone well over the time uh, limit there. And... Uh, yeah, as long as there's not a crazy list of moves from what we're talking about all them, we will definitely do the defence tomorrow. So, exciting times, Paul. Have a great rest of the day and uh, see you when the weekend kicks off. Excellent, mate. Uh, tomorrow morning we'll be doing a show and I've got some breaking news to tell everyone. It'll be a good show. Woo!